Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. I'm Michael Zerner. I'm one of the managing partners at We Family Offices. I'm joined today by my colleague, Matt Farrell. Matt is in charge of our investment group, and I'd like to talk today, uh, particularly our last uh, podcast was about the private markets in general. You have a lot of experience in the private markets, and I'd like today to really spend a few minutes going deeper uh, into the venture capital space. Sure, Ed. Nice to be with you. Let's start by just framing overall the last couple of years uh, in venture capital, sort of the boom times to the bust times and what's happened and what's your take on uh, sort of where we've gotten to. So I think we can start at the onset of COVID and what happened in the markets thereafter. So what we saw was a drop in interest rates to effectively zero. And what that did was add a lot of excess liquidity into the market. And so when you have excess liquidity in the market, you have free capital for investment. And a lot of that went into the venture capital space. And so what we saw were, were a couple of things. For one, valuations skyrocketed. And so when you have older vintages, so pre-COVID vintages, they were able to benefit from that rise in valuations. And some GPs are able to capitalize and generate some liquidity at peak valuations. On the other side of that, uh, with the excess liquidity, one of the effects were GPs were coming back to the market very quickly. Um, so they're able to invest their entire fund committed capital and then be back in market. We saw as little as 12 months back in market for a subsequent fund. And so the effect of that was, you know, if you started investing in 2020, you saw a rise in valuations. And so a lot of uh, LPs were investing based on these elevated valuations. And so the subsequent funds, you're essentially invested at peak pricing. And uh, so then we, we saw the market become frozen as the Fed start to increase interest rates. And so we've really seen across the spectrum of a spike in valuations and excess liquidity. We saw underlying portfolio companies coming back to market very quickly and raising capital, ensuring up their their balance sheet to having essentially a frozen capital market, what we've seen in the past 12 to 18 months. So Matt, the way I hear that is that sort of, let's call it 2018, 2019 vintages, you know, or or earlier uh, really benefited from the run-up uh, and, and the surge in valuations as rates went to zero during the pandemic. Uh, but 2021, uh, 2022 vintages might really have uh, a little bit of a struggle. And, you know, for those that invested uh, the bulk of their capital in those years, for the GPs that invested the bulk of their capital in those years, uh, it, it might be a tough slog uh, to get back to those peak valuations. How much, how much evaluations come down uh, from peak in your estimation? Yeah, so I, I think it really depends, right? So it depends on those earlier vintages that are more mature companies. And those have really been hit the hardest. And the reason for that is as you have a more mature company, that means it's closer to liquidity. And, you know, maybe the underlying has more substantial revenue. And so it's comparable uh, pure companies to benchmark against and value against are generally publicly traded companies. And since we saw a, a huge drawdown in the public markets, the comparables are the public markets, and therefore they're marked down the most. The earlier stage companies 
you know, again, given that they have less revenue, they're they're further from liquidity, they're less mature. And so their comparables are just their peers in early stage. And again, if the capital markets are frozen and there's no deals being done, there's very little comparables for you to value against. And so the movement and valuations in the early stage are just less so. But I think also it depends on the the GPs. You know, I think during the kind of the easy liquidity phase of the past several years, um, a lot of GPs launched first-time funds or, you know, spun out from their their prior shops. And, you know, everyone kind of looked good. So all ships rise with the tide, essentially. And so uh, they were just doing as many deals as possible to kind of capture those tailwinds. And when we see valuations come down, maybe they didn't do sufficient diligence on the underlying portfolio companies or uh, they just put cap. They didn't really think about portfolio construction and weren't properly diversified or reserving enough cash to to uh, for the portfolio companies to undergo a, a period of stress. And so, other GPs on the other spectrum, if they did more diligence and were more selective with their companies, I think they fared well. Um, so, I, I think it's just really runs the range. So, for investors in venture capital, Matt, it sounds like it's been tough sledding the last 12 to 18 months and tough from two perspectives. One is uh, valuations and markdowns in the portfolio companies themselves and seeing multiples and IRRs contract. Uh, and and two is uh, fund flows uh, in terms of distributions, basically uh, the liquidity pipeline, whether it's strategic sales or IPOs has, has basically dried up. And so what venture capital investors have been experiencing has been uh, markdowns as well as uh, a lack of uh, distributions, uh, you know, certainly less distributions than they might have seen historically. So so how do you see things going forward in the venture space? Right. So in speaking with our GP relationships, you know, even just just yesterday, we heard a GP saying they're not even thinking about liquidity for another two years. You know, they're just waiting out and waiting for liquidity to come back into the markets uh, and so, again, the the GPs who are disciplined and advise their portfolio companies to shore up their balance sheets, they essentially do not need to come back to market for a couple of years and are able to, you know, utilize the cash on their balance sheet. And so for those companies, it'll be a couple of years before they come back to market. And I think that's when we'll start to see more activity in, in the deals. But I think from an LP perspective, the end result is just going to be fewer distributions and probably more capital calls. And the capital calls are going to, you know, help show up the balance sheets of the companies, perhaps uh, go on offense and and invest into new portfolio companies. But we're not seeing too much of that yet. But overall, distributions are down, and from what we're hearing, we have a couple of years before we could see, you know, any volume. So, so Matt, what I hear you saying is that as an LP, what I should expect from my venture capital portfolio in the next couple of years is continued pressure on valuations. It may not be over uh, in terms of of markdowns. And two is I should not be expecting any significant or material distributions. Having said that, uh, what's the view going forward, right? For uh, investing in 2023 vintage or 2024 vintage, where do you see uh, opportunity in the venture space? Right. Well, first, let me address in terms of when I think valuations could recover. And I think what's 
very shocking is just how tied to interest rates valuations are. It's it's something we already knew, and you know it's embedded in in finance, but it's just the the shocking acuteness of the rise in interest rates. It just really impacted valuations, and so some of it's tied to your macro view in terms of are we closer to the end than the beginning uh, with raising interest rates and when interest rates could potentially fall. You know, from what we're hearing and seeing in, in research, it could be higher rates for longer. And so if, if that's your thesis, then I wouldn't expect any uplift in valuations. Having said that, there are certain subsectors that are already seeing uplifts in valuations. And that's kind of tied to the opportunities that you mentioned. And what we're seeing is, is an AI. Um, AI is, you know, when you think about it, it's, it's decades old, but in terms of the rise with chat GBT and that's really just triggered a, a whole new uh, a race to capture the opportunity set. And so GPs were speaking with, although they've been investing in AI for several years, the new trend, just the run up in valuations, they're just walking away from deals because the ex, the pricing expectations are, are just too much. And so what I think is an interesting play is AI, but tied to another, uh, not really older, technologies, but but others. So when you think about biotech combined with AI, so that's drug discovery and um, you know thesis that we've we've had for for a while with personalized healthcare. And so whenever to leverage AI and, and machine learning with drug discovery and personalized healthcare, I think that's a great fit and something that still has a lot of tailwinds. Another idea is is within blockchain and, and combining AI with blockchain. So with AI, what we've seen is the ability to to use the technology for um, by bad actors, essentially. So whether it's replicating voices with, with music and impersonating actors and music and, and um, photos and videos, you can use blockchain technology to uh, authenticate any production, whether it's music or, or, or whatnot. So kind of crossing, it's almost like the Venn diagram of various sectors that we've been looking at, I think are an interesting way to play it. So what I hear you saying, Matt, is let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to venture. Uh, it's been tough sledding in the last 12 to 18 months. Existing LPs should expect, you know, for the near term, some challenges on valuations, downward pressure. Uh, number two, should not be expecting distributions and should pay attention to how much they commit to be sure they don't get in over their head in terms of capital calls versus distributions and they manage their cash flows appropriately. But there are still, despite that, interesting opportunities in venture investing uh, in 23, 24 and beyond. I think that sums it up well. And, you know, during these volatile times, it actually becomes, you know, 10 years later, if you look back, it ends up being some of the best vintages. So although it's it's kind of counter to our our mindset and our initial reaction is to fight or flight and avoid uh, the, the volatility, but actually leaning into it and going on offense down the road can really pay off. Thank you, Matt. Look forward to our next conversation.